And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Frazier Dieter's Business Beat. I'm John Ray, alongside Alfred, a managing partner for Frazier Dieter, Roger Lesby. Roger, welcome. Good morning, John. Good to see you. Good to see you, and welcome back from Barcelona. Yeah, well, thank you. We're back here in hot Atlanta now, but uh, was out in Barcelona and uh, in Lisbon, Portugal, right. uh, two countries that I had not been to, and uh, uh, they were both beautiful. What was even more funny is is that uh, today's guest, uh, we were having a hard time uh, getting together for lunch in Alpharetta, but uh, we happened to get together at a bar t- rooftop bar and uh, in Barcelona, and we had drinks together, and that led to uh, the radio show for today. There you go. Uh, your Barcelona buddy, Wendell Strickland, is here with Strong Side Solutions. Wendell, great to see you again, and great to have you on Business Beat. Thank you, John. Thank you, Roger, for hosting me today. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for coming in. So let's give everybody... Everyone that doesn't know about Strong Side Solutions, an introduction to you and to how you're serving folks out there. Sure. Uh, so thanks again for having me on this morning. And, and bar, by the way, Barcelona was fantastic. Great to see uh, you and your brother on the rooftop. It was yeah. wonderful. So Strong Side Solutions, uh, we named our company Strong Side Solutions Insurance Brokerage Plus. We tried to make it self-evident so that when you saw our name, you'd kind of know what we did. So we have uh, insurance brokerage services. And of course, all the magic is in the plus that we develop for our clients. Wow. So what is the plus? What's the magic? Let's get straight to the magic. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, right yeah, in. Let's get there. So, uh, uh, you know, if you think about um, clients and, and when they're when they're providing health care services for their employees, um, it's a 2% issue. So 2% to 5% of the employees spend 50% of the cost of health care for an employer. Mm. So we spend a lot of time studying the industry, studying the inefficiencies of the healthcare model, we design services and products around making those uh, pieces of the healthcare supply chain more efficient. And when we deliver those to our clients, we're, we're delivering uh, uh, better benefits at, at much more cost savings to the employer. This is an issue. This was a big issue. I mean, we, Roger and I have known you a while. This was a big issue five years ago. It's an even bigger issue today. Right. I mean, healthcare is always a big issue. Healthcare is always a big issue. But I'm just thinking about when you're talking about the employees and what they pay, and then we're talking about talent shortages and attracting and retaining people, the problem has gotten even bigger, right? It's it's a global issue. I mean, we have uh, aging populations, we have social demographics, we have increased technology. Um, So all of those things uh, collide to increase costs for employers. And in America, you know, 178 million people get their health care through their employer. Mm-hmm. And it's a real uh, it's a real cost issue. It's probably the number one or number two P&L item on any employer, right? Mm-hmm. So if it's the number two thing next to salaries or materials, if you're a manufacturer, it's a big issue. And if it's increasing at 7 to 10% every year, that's unsustainable. So we developed our whole company. Uh, we incubated this company back in 2007 to, to identify and address those very specific issues. Uh, I know we could have a whole two-hour show on this question, but the inefficiencies in the healthcare system, <laughs> yeah. right? So, I mean, let's talk about some of those that you address. Well, okay. So let's take um, uh, let's talk about pharmacy and let's talk about medical. So, yeah. pharmaceutical costs have continued to rise. It's in the news every single day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, those, those, raw, those costs continue to rise. Now we have um, uh, other medications that are a million dollars of treatment coming on board. And then you look at, um, at medical costs. So you have oncologies on the rise. You have high-cost pregnancies on the rise. You have uh, 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 
you know, heart, stroke, hypertension on the rise. So all of these things uh, are costing more. But it's really isolated to about 2 to 5% of the population. So once again, 5%, if you have 1,000 employees, 50 people are spending $5 million a year. So how do you go after the, the smaller number of people so that the larger number of employees can have a better health care solution? And that's what Strong Size Solutions does. Our insurance brokerage services focuses on medications. So we have uh, Angel RX, which is uh, one of our companies that provides uh, specialty medications and brand name medications at 70% less than retail. And mm. So it's always free to the patient and it's 70% less to the employer. So that's a big, big number. And then if you look at the high cost pregnancies, the oncologies, the end stage renals, the dialysis, the organ transplants, the joint spine hypertension, those claims are in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. So we have another company called Angel Access and Angel Access provides grants foundations and programs we isolate those claims we identify them we isolate them and we actually make those claims uh, less costly or free to the employer so once you do that you reverse the trend increases for healthcare. so we have clients i think i was mentioning before the show we have clients that have been with us since 2014 mm. and they're spending less money today than they did in 2014 and that's amazing and then that dollar figure so if you figure you're spending 10 million dollars on premiums or your budget's 10 million dollars but you're only spending seven and a half you can now take that $2.5 million, and Roger, you know this better than anybody. You've got CapEx, OpEx, EBITDA, right? So you've got cash flow. What, what does it mean to drop $2.5 million to your bottom line for cash flow? Mm-hmm. So that's one. So mm-hmm. let's just say that you want to hire some sales reps or you want to open an office somewhere. So that's capital expenditure. So now you can take that money and deploy that and open up offices and expand your business. Or let's talk about uh, capitalization, uh, EBITDA. Two, $2.5 million at 10% is a $25 million move to your EBITDA. So your access to capital, your cost of cash has been reduced. So while we say we're Strong Size Solutions Insurance Brokerage Plus, we're really a financial partner in the sense that we take one of your most expensive P&L items, we make it better for your employees, less administrative burdensome for your staff at the company, and we drop that cash to the bottom line for our clients. And then you're primarily working with uh, what I'll call mid, mid to large size companies. Uh, how many heads does that uh, window? Yeah. yeah, so Roger, that's going to be um, a hundred minimum, uh, and five thousand to ten thousand on the top side. So uh, we call mid market really two two hundred to five thousand, but it's going to be right in there. And then with these companies, I, I assume that you're dealing with stop loss plans, and some of these are self funded and uh, and so forth, right? We we deal primarily, almost exclusively, with self funded. That's mm-hmm. right. So. Um, you're right. The stop loss markets are very friendly to us. They understand our programs. They understand that when they put uh, business with us, they're less likely to pay a stop loss claim or an aggregate claim. Uh, so yes, we're, we're, we're only self-funded, uh, employer health insurance plans that are, they're using stop loss. Correct. And so what do you think about the economy right now, Wendell? What's the, what's the appetite out there as far as what companies are looking at? You know, um, I think that um, I, I believe that belts are tightening in, in the corporate environment. Um, I think that we're, we're all feel something's on the horizon. It might not have hit you just yet, but we're seeing uh, positions not being filled uh, at the HR level, at the corporate level. We're seeing um, uh, more consciousness around cost. So I think that I think that we are well positioned to help employers in the marketplace. I think I think that uh, that inflation is eating into people's profits. I think that salaries are eating into uh, companies' profits. I think that uh, costs for healthcare all kind of collide and, and culminate in 
just the awareness of wanting to have um, uh, a more efficient running business. Folks, we're chatting with Wendell Strickland. Wendell is uh, CEO, founder, Strong Side Solutions. Um, what, what, well, you and I were talking about this before we came on the air, and uh, Wendell, and it's just the, the, no matter how compelling the economics are that you present people, right? The resistance to change. Status quo is probably the, yeah. The, Biggest hurdle we have as a as a corporation delivering our services to clients. So what 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 is it? What let's drill down into it because some of those folks may be listening to this uh, show. So is is it um, simply they the the numbers are too good to be true in their mind because they ju- they're just uh, resigned to healthcare costs going up seven to ten percent a year and that's just the way it is. They have been trained to accept that absolutely for sure. And trained to accept that by who? I think, well, so it might just be, be me delivering the message incorrectly. Right? So who knows? Well, who knows? Yeah. It's probably more me than anybody else. But, you know, our passion is is to deliver this message, right? But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think, uh, and I ran a company much larger than this. So let's, let's put on my, I had 800 employees two companies ago. And so yeah. um, every year I had the uh, healthcare director or HR director come in and say, oh, it's got to be another $2 million this year. And I just got to where I just didn't even want to have the conversation because mm-hmm. all it meant to me was I have to find $2 million every year in our P and L or, or, you know, try to raise profits or do those kind of things. Right. Right. Um, so I just tried to make that meeting as short and as quick as possible. Cause I knew I was getting some kind of increase. It's just how bad is it this year? So maybe, right. maybe there's, maybe that's part of it. You know, yeah. I, I don't know, but I think also that, um, uh, HR, uh, maybe, um, they're more employee centric, Yep. They're not as um, they're maybe not at the table with the C suite, and they're not having those capex, opex, EBITDA, P and L discussions, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe it's an other people's money issue. I don't know because they're trying to find staff, they're trying to keep them also happy, yeah, and and that costs money. So they just think the company should maybe continue to pay those costs. I'm I'm really not sure, yeah. but I do think that there's probably uh, uh, a growing collaboration between uh, HR at at the C suite level and being part of the conversations at the corporate level to, to have meaningful discussions on what might be available. We, is, does some of it get to a point of size, I guess, because you deal with a, a wide variety of companies size-wise, right, from 500 heads to, to 20,000 employees. Mm-hmm. So do, 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 do the companies get to a certain size and it's like we've got to address this issue? Is that is that maybe part of the – yeah. dynamic there maybe so yeah roger wouldn't you agree probably with the larger companies they're maybe they're better well staffed um i think so but uh but again it's such a personal thing because then you have to get down to communicating this to all of your hundreds and hundreds of employees mm-hmm. and hey now we're going to change plans and now what does that mean to you and, disruption uh, yeah, disruption or yeah. uh, is my doctor in plan or out of plan how to network and mm-hmm. so all those questions are going through their minds and uh, is this going to cost me more i mean that's what they're looking at uh, but yeah i mean in our case um and, and to your point it's generally been you know four or five spouses uh, right. and or children within the family coverage, which is spiking our, our, our um, premiums, our premiums. Yeah. It's a low frequency, high cost issue in the mm-hmm. healthcare market. Right. And it's, I think it's growing probably by percentage, but, 
but you have to find a way to optimize those high cost claims uh, and the med- and, and the pharmaceutical cost with inside your plan for sure. Let, let's let's go sidebar here for just a second. And talk about you, and uh, I mean you've you've been around uh, a minute or two. You've you've managed uh, a number of different company situations. You're managing a rapidly growing company right now with uh, a lot of wind at your back um looking for talent like a lot of companies in your uh circumstance talk about just the challenges that you see in uh attracting the people that you need uh adapting the right leadership style for the culture you have talk about some of the management issues that you have well so you know I think my job as a CEO is pretty simple, right? Um, well, it is for me, at least what I think it is. So what I see is I see a need to study an industry. I think most CEOs do that. They're in a space for a particular reason. Roger, you're in the, in the CPA space. There's nobody better than Fraser Dieter in, in the Southeast, right? So you guys are experts at what you do. But being able to look across that horizon um, and develop strategies and products, right? Um, put that into a vision, set that vision for your employees and to hire the right people and just kind of get out of the way. Right. I think that's, that's my job as a CEO. And I think as an industry, uh, our leaders are looking for uh, that study across there and, and finding that talent is so critical. Right. Mm-hmm. And benefits are a big portion of that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, culture, culture, you know, we didn't say it's strong side solutions, insurance brokers plus, but our, but our mission statements making a difference and making a difference. It means a couple of things. It's personal to me, like making a difference to my family, to my spouse, my children, but it's also making a difference to my employees. Mm. And then our employees want to make a difference to each other and our clients. And I think that's, I think that that making a difference culture um, helps our company stay focused and stay kind internally Mm -hmm. and stay professional externally. Mm -hmm. And I think that, um, and I think that the industry, uh, I think that goes for just about everybody. I think that's universal. We, we adopted that internally as our culture years and years ago, um, but we, you know, we struggle to find the right culture um, because a a person or two or three or four make a big difference. You know, if you, you know, smile spreads as, as easily as a frown. So you have to make sure you get the right people that are smiling, that, that understand the vision and want to do the things you want to do, you know, corporately. So. so to me, healthcare is one of the toughest industries, one of the toughest problems, I think, to solve uh, because you've got all the regulatory issues, you've got HIPAA and doctor issues, you've got, uh, you, you, you've got medical issues, and, uh, and then you've got a, a third-party insurance company, mm-hmm. which, which kind of changes the economics as far as the end user goes. I mean, because generally speaking, if I have health insurance, I just want to know that I'm covered, and then I want the best of care. And I don't really care what it costs once I know that I'm covered, assuming that I've met my personal deductible. And so how, how do you address that industry going forward? One that's going to have, you know, tremendous changes to it, I think. Well, I, I think I get, so I'll ask, I'll ask you a question. Is healthcare broken or working perfectly? <laughs> well, it's broken, but the U.S. healthcare system is still the best in the world. Agreed 100%. Now, here was the uh, epiphany that I had, you know, a couple of decades ago. Um, I started looking at access to health. So let's talk about healthcare in, in America, right? So after the World War II, um, really healthcare really kind of grew into its model that it is today, which is employer-based healthcare, right? Um, 
Before that, it was primarily uh, limited to the rich, right? Mm-hmm. So if you were wealthy, you could get health care, and if you weren't, you didn't. So, so insurance carriers came into the marketplace and gave great access, right? So now 200 million people or more have access to health care just through their employer. That's huge, right? But as that access grew, so did the cost now. So now we have um, many, 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 many more people on the system, um, and we've had tremendous advances, Right in healthcare technology and those kind of things, but I also realized that um, insurance carriers are publicly traded. So just think about that for a minute. So we have a shareholder value healthcare system in America, which means that the the carriers that provide healthcare to the employers uh, have shareholders, and those shareholders want dividends and, and returns. And how do they do that? They do that by charging premiums to employers, and the employers pass those premiums and costs to the employees. So when you say is healthcare system broken? Um, I'd say it's working perfectly because it's a shareholder value healthcare system. And just look at the stock prices of the, you know, Aetna, Cygnus, United Healthcare's, and so forth. They've done tremendous for their shareholders, right? And good for them. They're supposed to. But it's come at the price of cost to the employer and the employees. And at some point in time, it can be a little unsustainable. And I think that we're kind of at this crossroads just a little bit, right? Um, and I think the industry is looking for efficiencies and better ways to deliver those. So you're going to have things like, um, I mean, my goodness, look at, look at the technological advances. I was, I, I was in, uh, um, you know, overseas, uh, and my daughter got an, an eye infection. And mm. so within an hour, we went on an application. We had a doctor's appointment, which was a doctor in another country, not even the country we're in, did a visit and prescribed medication at a pharmacia two blocks away. I mean, that didn't happen 40 years ago. So technology has just been amazing. Right. Um, you look at um, you know, population health management is coming in, patient centered care is coming into play. Uh, all of these things are, are coming in to make health care better. It's just it's just not as affordable anymore. So I think we're going to see uh, I think we're going to see a lot more uh, accountability to the patient and those kind of things kind of kind of coming forward with those uh, with those, you know, enhanced delivery models. Yeah, that's that's really a. I mean, we're all capitalists here. We're pro-business here. Uh, but th- that's a compelling situation you're talking about, right? And that, that's not going to change anytime soon. No, it certainly is not. Yeah, no. right. But the other dynamic is is that they still have to get the best and brightest to want to be doctors and, and to go into pr- the profession and, uh, and, and not go into – be an investment banker on Wall Street or be a lawyer or be a CPA or, or these other professions. I mean, you want the best and brightest to be doctors and, and you want them to be there for when you have the need. Mm-hmm. Well, capacities, you know, I don't know. I really don't know the industry on the, the medical schools and those kind of things. I'm not sure how how our schools are doing in, in, in attracting new students. But, you know, I think I think it's um, it's a like you said, we have the best healthcare system in the world. It's just expensive, right? And it's getting more expensive and it's kind of coming on the backs of the employers and the patients. And so, you know, that's kind of what strong side solutions uh, does. Can I share a story with you? Please. So let me just tell you one of the things that strong side solutions did for one of our clients. So we have a, we have a fireman that married a young lady, and she had a medical condition, and it was genetic, so she passed along to their children, right? So now they have um, three people taking a medication. Uh, this medication is only infused at one location in Georgia. It's a very rare enzyme deficiency disease. And uh, that, in, that, you know, that infusion takes about four hours, and, and it has some side effects. So the husband's having to take off every Friday, right? So um, 
So now you have a family that's driving an hour and a half to go get their infusions. The father's having to take off every week. The son actually had a full ride to the University of Georgia. Mm. Uh, wasn't going to be able to go because they couldn't get infused at the University of Georgia. Um, and uh, and the, the medications was um, the medications ran about $1.7 million a year for this employer. That's just the pharmacy cost. The comorbidity, which this disease caused eye problems and kidney problems and liver problems, uh, was another, about another half million dollars. This is $2.2 million on a company that has less than 200 employees. It was, it was absolutely staggering for this employer. And so Strong Side Solutions came in. We used just, so we have about 12 optimizers that we use to make our plans more efficient. And two of those optimizers, one was able to get the medication for free. The other one we did a grant with Emory University, and Emory studied that family. They, they said they would pick up all their medical costs if they could just study them. Um, and we were actually able to move the infusion site to the University of Georgia, so the son was able to go to college. And the family is now being infused in their home in Villarica, Georgia. So mm. that's a success story. Yeah. But there's two successes there. Now think about that employer. You've got an employer that has uh, the ability now to say, when you're at your worst, when you're at your sickest, when you have probably the biggest fear in your life personally and the biggest fear in your life financially, we'll step up. And because of Strong Side Solutions and the partnership with this company, we were able to get the medications for free. We were able to get the comorbidity costs for free. Child went to college. And that client didn't pay $2 million, $2 million a year. And we're on our fourth year of that. And I think their son's fixing to graduate uh, college and you know we call our clients employees every single day and offer them these programs we give them their medications for free they're paying zero dollar co-pays we get christmas cards from people every single year saying you've changed my life you've you've saved my life you've mm-hmm. given me medications that i couldn't take before we just it's just the most satisfying business well while we're talking about some of the downside the cost and the inefficiencies and those things but but when you're able to make a difference and this goes back to our core our core values is being able to tell that story and having that employer spread that news through all of their employees, how do you think those employees of that company feel? They feel special. They know that when something really, really bad might happen to them, that employer can stretch and reach and do the best possible things for those employees. And that's not a story you hear every day, right? That's not a story that many employers can say, that we take care of our employees when they're at their absolute worst and in their biggest fear of their whole lives. So, so there's a lot of hope in this industry. And I wow. think that we can turn around and, sp- and spread these uh, messages and continue to improve. Look, uh, healthcare is complex. There's, you know, like you said, Roger, there's my goodness, there's so many moving pieces, right? You have inpatient hospitals, outpatient hospitals, doctors, networks, you've got, um, it just goes on and on and on. And it's cobbled all together uh, kind of inefficiently. So we just continue to look at these opportunities, um, develop products and services around them, Create value to our clients and, and and gain new clients and keep clients. But but those grant solutions are pretty special and, and pretty unique, I think. Right? Mm-hmm. We passed. Um, I don't know if it's twenty three million or thirty million dollars that we have now deployed to pay people's medical bills. That's you know for a company our size, that's a big number, mm-hmm. right? Thirty million dollars worth of people's medical bills is a big number anywhere. And so Angel Access was founded um, really as. As an accident, I started personally just paying people's medical bills, right? Mm. And it was one of my clients had this thing going on, and <clears throat> we were uh, we have a charitable side of our organization, and so all of a sudden we started writing grants, we started finding out programs, we started calling hospitals and service providers, uh, and we developed these programs that help these people. And so um, 
You know, last year we had um, high-cost pregnancies, about a $900,000 twin pregnancy. We had uh, uh, four end-stage renals. We had a, a heart transplant. We had a lung transplant. We had, um, I can't tell you how many cancers um, that we treated last year. And, uh, and you know, we have lots of cl- companies around, uh, you know, around the state here that you would know. And, uh, and they're benefiting from these programs and services. And, and honestly, I wish... Quite honestly, wish some of the brokers would ever start doing some of the stuff because it's really it's really needed. But I don't think it's the uh, insurance broker's culture to go out and build services and build technologies and provide grants and foundations. It's so talk about status quo. Brokers are so status quo. They they play in their broker services sandbox, uh, and they really aren't designed to build these solutions. And so we just built it out of our heart. And mm-hmm. our desire to make a difference, you know. So you're doing that on the healthcare side. Can you also do that on the workers' comp side? <laughs> <laughs> we haven't tried that yet. Uh, you know, that's a whole there, other. There's industry. a new idea for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I love that idea. Um, well, I'm glad you brought that up because the story that you talked about. I mean, you highlighted the effect it has on those on that family and that employer which are those that's undeniable but what i heard you say in that story was the effort that you went to to find a solution right as opposed to just like you just said you know the traditional model is i look at the rate card and here are your options right right um but you went um you and your colleagues your company went through um quite an effort to find a solution for this family and this company that goes well beyond what the typical insurance brokerage model would say to do. That's why we named it Broker Plus. <laughs> I love that that plus is a big big word there. It's uh, yeah. it was our way of just trying to differentiate ourselves a little bit and tell yeah. the story a little bit better. Um, yeah. And it has it's really the passion side of our industry. Um, you know, broker services. If you think about this, this is a uh, a thing that's needed, right? It's the, as you know, insurance policies renew every year. Um, there's things you have to do. You have to bid them. You have to market them. You have to plan them. You have to implement them. You have to communicate them. You have to make sure they're compliant and all of that stuff. I think most brokers do fairly well. I think we do it exceptionally well, but that's, that is, if you're, that is core. It's like, you know, if you're a banker, you need to be able to write a check or, you know, if you're a CPA, you need to be able to do tax returns. Right. But it's what you do above and beyond the core function of that service that makes the difference. And the plus really speaks to that, you know, and it has been uh, tremendously successful for strong side solutions in our team and our clients. So, you know, we have clients, like I said, 2014 spending less than they did. I mean, how many mm. years ago was that? Nine years ago or something. Yeah. So uh, a millennium ago, <laughs> really, a right? right. Given everything that's happened. Right. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, so you're Georgia based, but, but your customers are mainly in the Southeast. Is Indiana that right? over, believe it or not, we're, we have what happens is, um, you know, we uh, we don't really actively sell. Uh, we sell through partners and channels and and through uh, relationships. And so, what happens is one client tells another client, they tell another client. Um, it's like loading the ark of good people. And and we need special clients. We need clients who really want to make a difference. We need mm-hmm. clients who have a culture of caring and that that want to understand something besides you know a standard insurance carrier model and a standard broker model. So yeah, so we're Georgia based. We're right here in Milton. Um, we love it. Uh, it's a place that uh, I grew up. My wife's from, so we're we're about as local as you can get. Um, and we have you know uh, employees all throughout the southeast. Well, we we are glad that you are here. 
Absolutely. Um, glad you're here that, that you're here and serving and, uh, thank you for the great work you're doing, uh, Wendell and to you and your colleagues, uh, marvelous. We're, we're just excited that we can shine a light on it. Well, we appreciate the highlight. Uh, Roger, thank you so much. John, your show is tremendous. Roger, you've got a phenomenal CPA firm and we're just happy to be in good company. So thank you for having us on today. Absolutely. Thank you, Wendell. Yeah. But before we let you go, we got to get to the most important question. I've certain that folks that that have heard you talk want to get in touch. So let's tell them how they can do that. Absolutely. Uh, Main telephone number is 678-957-7222. You can always go to uh, strongsidesolutions.com and find us on on the line. I'll give you my personal cell phone number, 678-488-5702. If you are an employer with 100 employees or more and you want to get off the status quo train, just give me a call and we'd love to help you. And he'll even meet you in Barcelona, won't he, Roger? <laughs> Absolutely. And that's a plus. That, yeah, it, it is. It is. That's terrific. Uh, Wendell Strickland, Strong Side Solutions. Thank you again for coming on. Thank you, John. Absolutely. You, Roger. Hey, folks, just a quick reminder that Frazier & Dieter is one of the fastest-growing accounting and advisory firms in the U.S. and beyond because they serve the emerging needs of their clients as they evolve. They serve clients from the global Fortune 1000 to growing private businesses by accounting for today while advising for the future. Frazier and Dieter invest in relationships to make a difference. For more information, go to FrazierDieter.com. Well, Roger, you need to bring more buddies back from Barcelona. This was a great one. Yeah, it was fun. It's it's a small, small world, and, yep. uh, and, and we had a good time. And thank you, Wendell, for being my guest today. Thank you so much, Roger. And folks, for Roger Lesby, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on Frazier and Dieter's Business Beat.